Hello everyone! Before we get to today's episode going, I want to say something very, very important very, very quickly. If you remember a while back, I brought on the creator of a developing social media platform called Inkblot. Uh, wonderful conversation. If you haven't checked episode 106, you definitely need to hear it today. Um, well, I wanted to take a moment today to talk about what Inkblot is currently doing right now in April, and that is their first annual membership drive. As you can probably bet, you know, working with a small team or whatnot, it's kind of hard to keep up with expenses at times. So, Inkwa has dedicated all of April in order to get as many members as possible to hop on board to help them out with paying wages with the, the people on board, as well as software service fees, among other things. And I think you guys should be absolutely a member of Inkblot today. Just as a little refresher when it comes to Inkblot, Inkblot is an incredible social media platform developed by artists for artists, where you can share incredible artwork, develop incredible communities on there, and so much more. Being a member, joining on for as little as five bucks a month, you can help them out really, really get this uh, social media platform up and running better than it ever has before. Whether it be just getting the basic, you know, paying for the support team and the part-time devs or whatnot, uh, if they reach some of their re extended goals, just as, you know, getting another part-time dev, paying for some of their moderation team as well as so much more, you will be helping them out so much today. And I'm letting you know right now, I'm trying to do my part to help out as well. I've signed up for a new membership when it comes to Inkblot, and if you're listening to today it releases, this Saturday, April 22nd, I will be hopping on their Twitch channel to have a little bit of a fun podcast as well on their behalf. Uh, talking about uh, social media platforms when it comes to art, you know, AI, NFTs, like how those are horrible, we should never be involved with them in the first place and so, so on and so forth. I think it would be a fun conversation that you should be a part of today. And it's all to help Inkblot in their membership drive. Go to inkblot.art and become a member of Inkblot today. Modern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I'm your host, Nathan Raglan, and welcome back to Amateur April, the one time of year to where I find artists with a smaller following that I sincerely think you guys should be following today. Now, with this podcast, and especially with Amateur April, I try to really expand the reaches of artists and try to find new forms of art as well that I haven't even had an opportunity to talk about yet. And with this week's episode, I think the artists that I've found, especially what they are doing, even if you don't find it unique, well, it's certainly nothing to shake a stick at. Today's guest is Ash, better known as Stick Manimation, a freelance artist and 2D animator working on her very own manga. Ash is someone that I have found recently, and seeing how incredible her art style is, as well as hearing about this manga, you know, because in fact we've never talked about manga on this podcast before, it was only a matter of time before I brought her on, and I thought especially around this time would be a wonderful time for you guys to get to know her and show her that love support if you enjoy today's episode, and if you enjoy Ash. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that stuff, and I absolutely love it. If you want to go a little bit further with that support, maybe you should consider going to our Patreon at patreon.com slash PMAP. There you can find incredible behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, bonus episodes, opportunities to ask guest questions, all sorts of different opportunities for as little as $1 a month. And look, if all you're trying to do is find a cool community to where you can grow as an artist, share your incredible artwork, and really get to meet some of the other people that truly love this podcast and love this community, maybe you should consider joining our Discord server, The Artist Sanctuary. We've already developed a nice, incredible group there that show a lot of love and support for each other, and I think you would be a wonderful addition to that group today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. I genuinely do appreciate you taking the time to to be here and letting us chat. Yeah, no worries. I was very excited when you messaged me. I was surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, it might be a little bit surprising, but I'm going to say right now, this is coming out in April, and I like to dedicate April to what I like to call Amateur April. And by amateur, I mean, like, artists with a smaller following for the time being, as in, like, I think they deserve deserve an opportunity to really, like, people get to see their art and, like, truly grow. That's what I like to dedicate April for. Gotcha. And I remember seeing... Now that makes sense. I was going to say, I remember seeing your stuff (laughs) earlier this year. I want to say it was, like, Portfolio Day, I think it was? I can't remember exactly when I came across your art in the first place. But, like, Mm. I I love the style of it or whatnot. Then I saw, like, you know, hey, you only got, like, this small of a following. I'm like, there's no way. Okay, I... I, Certified, guaranteed guest for Amateur April. I got you covered. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I was like, because all the artists that you've had on previously, I'm like, oh, their followings are always so big. So I was genuinely surprised when you messaged me. I was like, wait, I'm like tiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm trying to make you not as tiny, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate that. No problem. No problem at all. Because I can only imagine, especially like, you, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like you've dedicated a lot of your time when it comes to just, like, art in general or whatnot. So I can only imagine, especially, like, for being online for at least a good couple of years now and, like, dedicating to your stuff like that. Trust me, I can say this on my end as well, trying to grow the podcast. Or it has to be frustrating just trying to grow an audience based on art alone. Yeah, it can be. And I, I've started over on several platforms. Okay. And so Twitter is the one that I've had the most success in. I tried Instagram, did Tumblr right before everyone left Tumblr. <laughs> so I was like, of course. So, like, I didn't really get a whole lot of traction. I was like, all the people, like, don't post no more. I don't know where they went. And then it wasn't until a year and a half ago I was like, fine, I'll finally get a Twitter or whatever. <laughs> and then I was like, this is where everyone is at. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and now everyone's starting to leave again because just as you get on, freaking they they fuck with everything, and now people uh, don't want to be anywhere around it. Right? Yeah, I know. I was like, I can't catch a break. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's like freaking the, you know, I I was it like for for me, I, I can think of like similar instances like that. Like I went to school for like filmmaking and stuff like that. Like that's why I really want to do, or that's mm. what I'm going to do at some point. And like I. 
I wasn't doing too well in school, like towards the tail end of it. So like the last, my last semester was like fall 2019. I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I'll just take a little bit of time, you know, a little bit to myself or whatnot. You know, I don't have to worry about like classes and stuff like that. You know, I can focus on like, you know, just working like a little job for the time being and doing my own personal stuff. And I mean, like, you know, it'd be much harder to be, you know, doing this stuff from home. So I need to get away from this stuff. And especially, you know, being at my home, there's no way I could be like purposely trapped here forever and all stuff like that. (laughs) Right. That was December 2019. And then three months later. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I will say being trapped at home did open up the possibility months later for me to be like, you know what? I need to do something creatively. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Ash, before we really get going, I'm going to ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accord. It's just you alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. You get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit. With accommodations, you're not stranded, you're not like deserted on this island, it's just you have a little bit of paradise out in the middle of nowhere, more than anything else. To help with, you know, making sure you don't go completely insane on this island, you could bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help with whatever kind of mentality you want to have, what kind of vibe you want on this island. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew this. I knew this question was coming. I'm like, I don't have an answer. <laughs> like you watch episodes <laughs> of the podcast, you knew it was coming, but yet you're still like, uh. Uh huh. <laughs> well, it's so hard to pick. Well, and then like, it's different when it's like, oh yeah, you're chilling, you know, at home or whatever. And then it's like, no, nah, but you're on this beautiful island. I'm like, I don't mm. freaking know. I mean, that's, that, that's why I kind of ask it the way I do instead of, like, what's your favorite thing? Yeah. Like, Because I, I imagine, like, especially in a situation like that, like, maybe you want to have, like, a cassette player with, like, some of your favorite songs and, like, just chill out to, like, whatever vibe you want with that one. Or maybe, like, once you right. enjoy, like, a long day on the beach, like, you have, like, your season of your favorite show that you can, like, chill or whatnot. Or, like, even just, like, a, you know, a comfort game or whatnot that you can just chill and just, like, really decompress after a good exciting game so i mean like the possibilities are endless and also understand i'm very loose when i say one piece so just (laughs) right yeah no that's fair yeah because like uh probably um, i would probably have to bring legend of zelda twilight princess Ooh. okay okay that is like my all-time favorite ever that I like to play when I just want to chill. I haven't been able to play it in a while because I don't own a Wii myself. Mm. Uh, it was my siblings, so when I moved out, I haven't. So I literally haven't played it in years. But that was the one that got me hardcore into video games when I was a teen, okay. and so it, it holds a special place in my heart. And then, of course, all the other Zelda games I love, too. But if I had to do, pick the one, it would be that one for sure. I mean, I can fully understand where you're coming from, like, especially because that was the one that more or less, like, really got your imagination, really gripped you into, like, that world more than anything else. Like, I understand yeah. how that could have a more sentimental place compared to the other ones. No disrespect to any of the other ones, obviously. They are marvels no. of gaming in the fir- for a yes. reason. So, yeah. But I imagine, like, especially, especially with... Twilight Princess, because that's that's one that I, I 
that's one that I always see like a lot of love and appreciation for as well. I mean, it's not the the first one that people usually name, but I mean, especially with some of the designs and some of the uh, abilities that you had in that game or whatnot, like a lot of people really show a lot of love and support for that for that gem. Yeah. But nevertheless, well, like, something else that like puts it aside is oh sorry, uh, is like lots of the themes in it are like dark colored. Right, right. It's yeah. it's very it's a very like gloomy game. So like, it's not. I don't hear it very often as a whole favorite as a lot, just because maybe that for some reason. I I truly loved it. <laughs> I mean, that's completely understandable more than anything else. But nevertheless, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. That is your answer. You're locking that in. I am locking that in. Then if that's the case, Ash, I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Um, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. You can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PMAP. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> she is a freelance artist and 2D animator working on her own manga with a cute style to boot. Welcome to the podcast, Ash, a.k.a. Stick'em Animation! Thank you for me. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here more than anything else. Like I, like I said beforehand or whatnot, um, this is... I, I, I don't remember how exactly I came across your art, but seeing more or less the art that you've been able to produce and the style you've been able to establish for yourself, which for me is a little bit nostalgic, and I know we'll definitely talk about that like when we actually get to like the animation uh, to your art style and such, but like seeing how good your art is or whatnot, and then seeing how small of an audience you really have at this point, like I knew you were a shoe-in for Amateur April, and I knew that... <laughs> I knew that I had to ha sit down, talk with you, and, like, really pick at your brain when it comes to, like, art more than anything else. But before I really divulge into the art you're making nowadays, I want to go back just a little bit and learn more or less the origin story of Ash. What got you interested in art and animation in the first place? Oh, boy. Um, so, basically, for as long as I can remember, I've always loved drawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since I was little, I don't even remember, like, when I started. I just know I've been drawing my whole life. But animation specifically, I was always intrigued by, like, older Disney films, but specifically their behind-the-scenes, like, yes. with Snow White and Bambi. Specifically with Bambi and how they, like, brought in the deer to study them and draw them and bring those drawings to life and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those I was watching those behind the scenes like on repeat when I was younger. Like I was always fascinated with that and I loved how people could just draw and bring stuff to life. I was just absolutely floored by it. Still am to this day. Like I love seeing the roughs of everything. Yes. It's so cool. And so that got me particularly into animation and such and then just Throughout grade school, doing all kinds of art, paint, you know, uh, ceramics, everything. Because they give you a little bit of everything before you go into middle school and high school where they make you choose right. certain mediums and classes to go into. Um, and then in middle school is when I actually started getting into anime. Um, I didn't get hardcore into it until actually freshman year when I met all my friends who were also into it. Okay. Um, 
And so I came into it later, like everyone else, like my best friends, they've all grown up on like uh, One Piece and stuff like that from when they were younger. And I was like, I just jumped into anime when I was like already 15. (laughs) (laughs) They were all like, oh, they've been familiar with it since grade school. And I'm like, I have not, (laughs) but it's cool. And I loved the thing that got me into a hardcore was the animation style and Mm -hmm. the art style of the different mangas and i was like okay that looks really freaking cool and so from there i just kind of held close to my heart a whole bunch of stuff and like i've deviled into some like crafts and stuff with like yarn and all of that ceramics and all that but um i really really just stuck with uh, trying to get the animation down and stuff. Um, Like my first animation that I made, it's up on my YouTube channel and I made it, I think it's been nine years now. Oh, wow. I made it this summer after I left high school. Um, And funny enough, I made it in paint (laughs) on windows and so because I had, was doing it like that, I would draw the picture, save it, reopen the picture, erase bits, and redraw it. And so there were lots of pieces I had to keep redoing over and over because I'm like, oh, no, nope, that doesn't look quite right. So that took pretty much all summer to do. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I would say just, again, from the start, I've just always been into art always found it fascinating all kinds of art is beautiful to me um it doesn't matter what it is music included um i actually played viola since sixth grade okay haven't played it recently in a few years it's in my storage unit but (laughs) just that type of art as well like music and drawing and just every single little thing about that i've always i've loved it so absolutely I was I, I just wanted to go back just a little bit talking about like that first little bit you were talking about watching that behind the scenes stuff when it comes to the animation yeah. and everything else that I I've said this a couple times on the podcast but I was that kid that would always be more excited for the bonus features of the movie more than the actual movie itself <laughs> like, yeah seeing all like depending the cool, on like, the film I was the same way exactly like seeing all like the cool behind the scenes and like the stuff that kind of went into that and then hearing like more or less you know growing up and kind of exploring all these different art styles, all these different opportunities or whatnot. I think the one that obviously intrigues me is like, you know, hearing about anime, how that had like a major influence on your life. Do you remember some of the first animes that like really grabbed your attention? And do you remember why exactly it got you pulled into that world in the first place? Uh, I would say the very first anime that I actually watched all the way through was Oron High School Host Club. Okay. <laughs> And the reason that one pulled me in was just because at the time, you know, it was its audience is definitely more meant for like younger girls and stuff like that because it's brightly colored, super soft style. Um, And it was at the time one of the ones that was, in my opinion, deemed a little bit safer for me to watch when I was that little because I know some of some of the anime out there is very fan servicey. And I was like, I don't want to <laughs> delve into that quite yet. You know, I'm only like 14, 15 years old. <laughs> and so I was like, this one is, 
looks safer to start off with because at the time being that young I was like everything else was kind of daunting um so and then um we also had anime club at my high school okay um so what they would do is once a week we would after school for about an hour we'd hang out and they would show an episode of a different anime and then we'd watch the first three and then move on to a different anime. And then if you were caught on by the third episode, then you can go home and watch it in your leisure time. Okay. Um, and since then, I've kind of followed that three-episode rule in general because, like, sometimes it takes a bit for the story to take off. Right, right. Uh, so if I'm watching, to this day, if I'm watching a new anime, I give it at least three episodes before I say yay or nay just because one episode is not enough to truly judge the story by much right like especially when it comes to like anime or whatnot like the first episode or two could just be setting down the groundwork and setting up the lore that the rest of the series is going to follow not really hitting the ground running with like what you should expect from a usual episode right exactly yeah anime typically they tend to take their time with stuff so Mm -hmm. I, i always like to give them a little bit of extra time of watching as well so yeah so that was probably the first one that i ever saw that i remember um, I don't remember the first manga that hooked my attention. I remember reading like the first couple of books, but to this day, I cannot remember what it was. <laughs> um, but whenever my family would go to like bookstores or libraries, I would always disappear into the manga section and look, I would flip through all kinds of different like shonen or shoujo or slice of life just because everyone's art styles were so different. Right. And I loved every single bit of it. I was like, oh, this one's, you know these eyes are bigger and they're softer and they've added so much detail. And then you look at Shonen and it's like a little bit more scraggly and sharper. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Okay. I can get into that too. (laughs) Absolutely. I was going to say like, I know for, for me, I'm not as well versed when it comes to anime and manga and show, uh, shows and style and stuff like that. I give a lot more credit to that to my friends over at uh, Anime Egotist. Um, shout out to them because they're the ones that really know their stuff when it comes to anime. I actually had them on the podcast pre- previously as well. Go check out that episode. But mm, no, like, I shall. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I know there's a couple that, you know, I know when I was first like introduced to anime in the first place, there's one that I remember absolutely, there's two that I remember loving right off the bat, but I never took the opportunity to go back and like watch more of that stuff. I think they probably lean towards, I know you were talking about there were some of them that are a little bit more risque that you can really watch or whatnot. And they, they probably leaned a little bit more with the risque, but the two that I remember that I definitely need to go back and watch and read more of Cowboy Bebop and Fooly Cooly. Those two alone, like, especially if you know, like the subject matters that they have or whatnot. But like, I, I remember like for me, like it was always like, you know, I was a huge person of Cartoon Network. And so watching that, pop oh, up, yeah. so watching it pop up on like Toonami's on a Saturday night or whatnot, it was always a, a way to like captivate me into that world and really want to divulge more into that. So, right. Yeah. I, I know of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of some anime of that one, but I did not, I have not heard of that other one that you mentioned. Fooly Cooly FLCL. Ooh. Yeah. I have not heard of that one. It's a very intriguing and unique show that. It's like a unique theme when it comes to like, you know, like growing up and like finding your place in the world while also just being this like badass thing about an alien chick coming down from, 
you know, the coming down from space to and like the main protagonist having like a robot coming out of their forehead more than anything else. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. like it, I me describing it right here cannot do it justice because again I need to go back and just watch it and like just binge the entirety of it. It's a very short series if I remember correctly. Like the initial run was only like okay. six, the initial run was only like six episodes, but then like Toonami came in and gave it like two more seasons as well. But like, oh okay, it's a shorter one. Yeah, it's a shorter one. But like, I still need the I I'm, I still hold that one like fondly near and dear more than anything else. And again, I need to just go back and watch it because I, I I just remember like how it just grabbed my attention like instantly right off the bat whenever I was watching that kind of stuff. But I have to gotcha. know, I have to know like for you like obviously there like we've established before there's a lot of love and passion that you had when it comes to you know there's a lot of love that you had for art in general and manga and stuff like that. When did it go from this like general love that you had to a passion and wanting to make it your career? Oh, um, that I would say since high school, when I actually started really getting into trying to draw in the manga style and anime style, um, from then I had thought to myself I was like oh wouldn't it be so cool if like I made my own story or made my own animation or whatever I didn't care which at the time I was like that just sounds cool I don't know how I'm gonna do it but I'm gonna do it (laughs) and then just with everyone like family and friends who were supporting me and they're like oh you could go far if you really tried and stuff like that I was like yeah okay sure um But what hit me was um, when it came to actually like the manga I'm currently working on now Mm -hmm. was I was on vacation with my family and just kind of out of the blue thinking these two characters kind of popped up in my head and I was like, I like them. Okay. And I think I need to make a story about them, but I don't know. I don't know. And so I came up with like very basic bits of the story at that point. Um, and then just over the years, it's actually developed into a story. And I was like, okay, let's make this reality. And um, I'm not going to go through like a publishing company. I'm actually going to self-publish it. Okay. okay. Uh, simply because regardless of if I make sales or not, I want that story out there. Mm-hmm. More or less. I want to share it with the world. You know, and um, my close friends and family who have read what I've already made love it. And I'm like, good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll keep making it. Um, but yeah, so I would say probably uh, thinking about wanting to make it a career junior, senior year of high school is when I started seriously thinking about it. Okay. And then it wasn't until two to three years after that, that I really got serious about trying to actually actively make my art a career. I did open up an Etsy shop briefly, like back in 2018, I think. Okay. And it kind of flopped because I was dealing with a bunch of life stuff. And so I wasn't putting up prints all too often. I think I only put two prints on there and it was like just Halloween themed Tim Burton style type art. Uh, and then after that, like my Etsy shop just kind of died. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, well I'll try again later if yeah. I want. <laughs> I mean, so, especially yeah. forgiving the internet can be sometimes you can always try again. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, like, it's incredible. It's incredible to hear more or less, like, hearing your story, especially now, like, knowing that, like, this manga that, you know, you, you talked about here and there, like, especially hearing how the info to it and how these characters more or less came to you. I just want to go ahead and just jump into it if I can. I want to talk about this manga because I've seen so many little teases about it here and there, but I also know, <laughs> like, next to nothing about it. So, Ash, please do me a favor and indulge me. What is this big manga that you have planned? <laughs> All right. So, um, from the get-go, from just reading manga and watching anime, regardless of if it's a slice of life, shonen, shoujo, whatever, usually if there are characters in there that are very obvious, they're going to get together in the end. Mm-hmm. They always get together in the second to last episode or the very last episode and then the story's done. Okay. And that always bothered me because I was like, I want to see their relationship through this universe that they're in. So I was like, regardless of how I come up with my story, my characters in the beginning, at least my two main characters, will get together. And we're actually going to go through and see their relationship through the life that they're going to live. It is going to be a slice of life. There's going to obviously trials and whatnot Mm -hmm. but that's the one thing i wanted to focus on is like i want to see a couple story like i don't want to have the build-up of oh my gosh i'm gonna finally tell them how i feel and it's like episode 12 of 13 total i'm like no (laughs) i want to actually see the relationship and then spoiler alert down the line there is a wedding that's how i'm gonna end it okay Because I'm like, I want, as an adult who's been in a relationship and I am married, I'm like, I want to see that part of life Mm -hmm. in a slice of life. Granted, I'm sure there are stories like that out there. Right. But they're not as common. So that's, that was the main goal of my story that I wanted to put out there was like, we're going to see the relationship, we're going to see the hardships, and they're going to get married, and it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible to hear more than anything else because that's something that is more or less like a common trope when it comes to like anime and stuff like that you know or like just shows in general like you have this like couple that you know they're gonna eventually get together at some point like you can tell from half a mile away and they wait until the very end to give you that more or less that moment of satisfaction and then it's just like all right that's it that's the show everyone good night everybody um (laughs) right yeah and it's like no i want to see that part of their life now (laughs) you want to see like just how how compatible they are you want to see like more or less like how they mesh together as a couple because we knew from the start they were going to be together. Well, let's see how let's see how it works out. Let's see the trials and tribulations and stuff like that. That's a good twist yes. on it. That's a good spin on it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was just I was just so tired when I was just younger, especially like all these anime that are so cute or whatever, and then like <laughs> oh yay they're fine together, and then it's like oh watch the next episode. Oh, it doesn't exist. Sad day. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness. So like, that that was that was like the main goal of my story is I want to follow the actual relationship to the end. Okay. I mean, obviously marriage is not the end, but that's where I'm going to end it cuz otherwise it would just go on forever and I don't want to write a story my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are pe- there are people that have done that. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Oh, <laughs> there are. And props to them, but I I'm not about that life, thanks. I was gonna say like right. I was gonna say like just how many issues of like 
Naruto story or like the One Piece story. I mean, how many of them are actually, you know, done by the same person for Lord knows how long? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the stories can be good. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> my like I said, my main goal is to actually see the relationship and see how it works. They work through life, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then once that's done, then cool. <laughs> absolutely. Can you, what was more or less like an inspiration for this mom? Because I know you said you like there was, you know, you'd see like in mangas or animation or anime is like, you know, that the, the, the build up to the relationship or whatnot. Was there any like specific examples of that, that you were like, I want to see more of this couple. Like, I want to see like what would happen after that. Yeah. Um, lots of the anime when I was younger, that kind of helped spark. It was a lot of the shows out, uh, or high school host club included where the couple is, teased at you a lot, but even in Orin High School Host Club, like they don't become official when the anime ends. The manga continues afterwards. I have to read it. But there a lot of that was happening too, where it's like they have a little bit of closure, but it was not nearly enough, in my opinion, for a romantic story. I'm like, um <laughs> you can't officially just say like, oh, we don't it's hinted that they got together. Like, no, nah, I wanna see it. I want them together. Like, um, trying to think if there was another, there were, I cannot think of anything at the moment besides that one. I mean, that's fair. That's uh, not, like, I, I mean, like I said before, it's more or less like a trope that you would see in, you know, very similar kinds of, you know, eh, eh, uh, mangas like that. So, I mean, I can get how just seeing that like over and over and in, in so many different, you know, variations of it or whatnot, like, Again, getting to that end goal of like the relationship is is not happening, but like not being able to see anything past that has to be like untapped potential that you obviously want to explore with this manga that you're producing. Yes, I mean, and no offense to those other stories; they're all great. I love them all, but I'm like, I just want that little bit extra. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. And then. Sorry, oh, you, you go ahead. No, is that, that, that's all I was gonna say. Just absolutely. I mean, if you have anything more, go for it. On that topic, I uh, know. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, one second. Don't know why head went empty. <laughs> that happens more often than that. No, but like it's it's incredible. Like I said before, like just hearing like more or less how you're going to take that inspiration, like add your own like creative flair to it more than anything else. Cause I mean, like, like you said before, no disrespect to any of the other, you know, shows and manga that have done it for better, or for worse or whatnot. But like, again, hearing that you could potentially do more with it or whatnot, like it has to be incredible to even think about it. Like, are you planning on doing like a, just a short series yourself? Like how, I know you say you don't want to spend the rest of your life doing this, but how long uh, did you want to tell this story? Um, so based on what I was able to work out with the first book, I think my story, it's going to be on the shorter end. Okay. Um, and I'm planning it to be about four mangas. Okay. Maybe five. It depends. Um, in the actual script writing, I don't remember if I'm on book three or four. Okay. But I know for sure, like book one, two, and a good chunk of three are definitely already in script form. Um, and then obviously book one is currently being digitally inked. Uh, so four books is the plan. I've got four 
hardcore main characters and I've got eight characters total. Okay. Um, but each of them equally are, you could count them as a main character and each of them at some point is going to get a little bit more of like focus on them throughout the whole story, just because they are all a big group of friends. Um, but so I just, I liked that even number. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that is very understandable. I do have to wonder though, like I, like the thing that intrigues me more than anything else is the fact that you have emphasized that this is going to be a manga more than anything else. Like, was it always from the start that you wanted to have at least like it, more or less like I don't know if it's strictly just the physical aspect or like have you ever mulled over potentially making it like a web comic or whatnot to like publish like a page at a time or was it for you just like from the start I have to make this a manga? Um, I think just from the start I really enjoyed the fact that. I could turn it into a manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've thought about making web comics and stuff before, but I'm like, mm. I really like the idea of making a physical book. For some reason, I don't know. No, honestly, it's understandable, <laughs> just... especially having that like the physical like representation of hey, I was able to accomplish this more than anything else. It's got to be like sa- a, a satisfying thought to eventually achieve at some point. Yeah, well. From a young age, too, like especially when I started getting into manga and stuff, I'd be like, how cool would it be to actually make one myself? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that'd be so awesome. So I've, I've just kind of held on to that. And then when I finally was coming up with the story, I was like, it's going to be a manga. Huh. <laughs> well, there you go. Know, fair enough. I mean, uh, again, you, I, I figured you, you had an idea of what you wanted from the start more than anything else. I figured even the, the stuff that I was mentioned about the webcomic, you probably mold over, but like, again, having that physical representation of your manga at the end of the day, like that has to be like a cool, like ultimate goal to even think of at the first place. And I have to wonder, like you, obviously you've been hard at work trying to get this going or whatnot. Like, what do you hope to accomplish with this manga? Uh, I mean, like I said earlier, at the beginning, I do mostly just want it out there for people who would like to read it and maybe uh, the like when they see my characters and stuff, maybe relate to them on some level and stuff like that, because everyone can always use characters that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I've been like more posting more about it and actually getting into it and I've uh, researched into like actually self-publishing and stuff like that. I think it would be really, really cool if I could make enough sales and stuff like that and make merch off of it and all that stuff. Um, I would love for it to be making enough that I could live off creating manga, whether it's this one or if I were to make another one. Um, On top of, of course, doing animating also. But specifically with the manga, I would love for it to just take off. That would be like the coolest thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, especially seeing like the little bits of it that have been out there more than anything else and seeing, you know, especially hearing how much love and passion you have for the project yourself. I can only imagine like how exciting of a thought it has to be to get it out there and hope that people will certainly receive it. I just have one question though. Again, I've been talking about, you know, the manga and like all different aspects of it. Ooh. Do you at least have a title for it? It's called Fireheart. Fireheart. Okay. Okay, I because every every time I looked, I didn't see like a title or anything like that. Fireheart, that okay. I get I I already have an interesting idea considering all the stuff we had talked about of how that could be like instrumental when it comes to the story. Okay, 
Respect. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> so I and it's called Fireheart because like I said, it's a slice of life romance mm-hmm. story. So that's where the heart part of it comes from. Right. But the fire specifically comes from um my the main character's love interest, who's also, of course, another main character, he's a firefighter. Oh, okay. So that's that's where Fireheart came from, and it just kind of stuck. I thought I thought the fire would be from the burning passion that the two protagonists would have together, but the firefighter thing also makes you sense. Know what? <laughs> yeah, like literally, it's because the firefighter. But also, I liked for that reason the whole passion and like. Lighting the fire in your heart, you know, about all that cliche mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> all that mushy gushy stuff. <laughs> mushy gushy, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness. Okay, okay. So I have to ask at this point, you know, you said, you know, you're working on it right now. You know, you got parts of mm-hmm. it digitally inked or whatnot. When should the people expect Fireheart, or at least the first volume of Fireheart? Do you have like an idea in mind, or like at least a Oh, goal? yes. I do. So what I'm going to do is I I do have a goal for at some point in the summer to set up a Ko-Fi okay. for um, depending on what tier they want, they can come in and I'll be streaming while I ink Okay. and they can chat, ask questions or whatever. So at least they can see the process from my end Right. because I know I, for one, am always interested in that kind of thing, the behind the scenes and whatnot. And then um, based on how many pages I need to do, uh, volume one should be fully inked and ready for printing, hopefully by November of this year. Okay, okay. Because um, based on doing just inking one page a day from now until November, it'll be done. Okay, respect. Um, so... And then, of course, you know, life happens. So that, and then there are yeah, some days yeah. where I've got so much free time, I end up working on maybe five pages. So, give or take. But I would say, early winter of this year for sure. Um, and then, as far as like an actual release date, that'll depend on the printing company and stuff like that. So I would hope right. for, at the latest, maybe late spring of twenty twenty four. But to have it actually finished, ready to go, and send off, I'm hoping, will be November, December time frame. Okay. Okay. You know what? Like, once again, respect more than anything else. Again, I know you've been working on this for a while, but, like, hearing that, like you said before, life aside, or more than anything else, you're, like, right, basically, essentially right there, because, like, you know, we're only in April by the time this episode comes out, and, I mean, November is right. really not that far away, if you really think about it. Like, that. No, Yeah. <laughs> It'd be cool to see well, and, and it's so exciting. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the time frame goal. And like I said, hopefully in the summer, I'll be able to get my Ko-Fi up and running and people can come and support me and join and get a little piece of it. So, And then, of course, I'll be mentioning more about that later on when I have more information for that and gathered up. So Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I... I personally cannot wait for people to see this again. Like I said, the little teases I've been able to see here and there, whatnot, like, and especially hearing like what you've been able to describe from it more than anything else. Like, it's really interesting just to hear about it. And even seeing what I've seen, like I already enjoy some of the aspects of it, including the art style that you're putting forth with this and just about all your art in general. That's something I did definitely. Oh, want to thank talk- you. That's something I did <laughs> want to talk about when it comes to your art style. Like you know, people can kind of see with your icon in the video version and whatnot, and hopefully with the thumbnail mm-hmm. for this podcast as well. But like, 
I have to know, like, what would you say is probably some of the biggest inspiration for your art style? Uh, obviously, anime, manga, of course. That, I figured um, that was the biggest one. But <laughs> I would say, honestly, depending on what my, like, current hyperfixation is, <laughs> heavily influences the style that I draw in. So, like... As of recently, especially with commissions, because a good chunk of my commissions recently have come from the uh, Hell of a Boss fandom. Yep. Um, so I've got gremlin-type looking art <laughs> that's very similar to that art style, simply for that. Um, and, like, back when, I think, earlier in the week, I had posted um, fan art of Legend of Zelda... And I post uh, in that one, there was a couple different art styles I drew Link in based on influence of the different games that he's been in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say mine kind of varies depending on what I feel like drawing. And I always try to challenge myself too if I'm like, there's an art style that I would like to try to broaden my, what would it be? Broaden your scope think. or broaden your, your skills? Yeah, pretty much. So that way I can, like, depending, especially for future jobs, mm -hmm. if they're like, hey, can you draw our style? I'll be like, let me give it a shot, see if I can. There you go. Um, A while back I drew a bunch of, like, Disney fan art, so I got used to that, like, big princess doe eyes and stuff like that in my sketchbook. So there's, like, one sketchbook that you can tell was definitely – disney-esque <laughs> um so yeah i've just uh my particular like my personal style when i'm just doodling for fun right that's just kind of developed over time like the simple little chibi drawings that i do now are vastly different from what i used to draw them like when i was in high school um just because i like the simpler version that I draw them in now where it's just like a little blah. That <laughs> 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 makes sense. Like my chibis beforehand were still detailed anime characters just with tiny little bodies. And now I'm just like, nah, they're nubbins. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I know for me personally, I've been a huge fan of seeing your like you know, stick of animations, like your stick figure, like the way you've been able to portray yourself that way. Oh, yeah. I love that style. Like seeing the, the ones like that or whatnot, it gave me a bit, I said this in the intro, but it gave me a bit of like a, a, a nostalgic feel of like the, like a late two thousands, like almost like flash animation slash, like something you would see at like a hot topic style. Like, do you kind of understand what mm. I'm doing? Yeah, I can see it. I, I I'm not. Yeah. I mean that in a nice way because like I I've I have a personal love and affinity for like that kind of style, that little like nostalgic uh, piece or whatnot. Like especially seeing how you've drawn your character, sometimes I get like instant like what was it, Mister Fancy Pants? I think was the Flash game. Like I get like that kind of style mm. more than anything else. And I mean like gotcha. But like also like seeing the different ways you've been able to experiment when it comes to your art style and seeing the 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 different ways you've been able to to portray. Uh, different subject matters and whatnot like it's something that i've certainly noticed it's something that i certainly appreciate the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there and try as many different styles as possible yeah said i've got a soft spot for certain styles but then i also like to try and branch out because especially like i said in the future where jobs could be anything mm -hmm. and especially in animation where you got to change your style up all the time i figured why not 
work on that now. Exactly. <laughs> you know, have have a army of art styles to my disposure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Completely understandable. Though I have to, I, just out of curiosity, I think I may know the answer compared to what we've talked about beforehand, but is there a particular style of art that you're more fond of? Like one that you more or less like enjoy leaning towards and like more or less savor for the opportunity to try to draw in that style as much as possible? Um, obviously... The manga, manga style, yep. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if I had to pick another art style, though, that I would lean heavily toward that I think is just absolutely gorgeous, um, it would have to be any animation where the flow is nice. Mm. So there's lots of, like, more organic shapes rather than sharp edges. Right. Granted, sharp edges can look just as beautiful, but I'm always a sucker for the super flowy and bright pastel-y colorful art because that in particular makes me think of music yes. and so I'm, I'm always like i hear those pieces you know and so i think that would probably be another style that i like a lot and just nothing in particular just when other other artists are just drawing super flowy pieces whether it's dresses or just the pose that their character is in with the soft lines on the elbows and stuff like that right right no absolutely now you say that the super flowing style reminds you of music or whatnot it instantly brought me back to my favorite animated show of all time and please tell me you've heard this show class of 3000 I don't know oh if I have. Oh my goodness. Okay. After, <laughs> after we get done with this episode, I'm going to at least show you like some screen grabs or something like that. Because literally, the embodiment of that show was... like The show was about uh, a teacher, Andre 3000, of outcast fame or whatnot. But like in the show, he was a teacher named Sonny Bridges for a musical like school or whatnot. And like every episode mm. and like every episode, they would have like a stylized music video done by a different artist or whatnot uh, with a different song every single week or whatnot. But like even like just the general style or whatnot, like I casual flex. I know I've had the opportunity. To talk, I, I've had the opportunity to talk to the director of class of 3000. Uh, oh nice which, which I, I something i still champion to this day but like literally what they were trying to go for what he was trying to go for with the show was again to make it flow like it's music because that was more or less like the emphasis of the show the music of it more than anything else so like you talking about like seeing that flowing sound more than anything else like if you had not the opportunity if you not have had the opportunity to watch class of 3000 please do and you'll see exactly what i'm talking about when it comes to the flow of it more than anything else So, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, after we get done this interview, I'm definitely showing you like some screen grabs or something like that. But, <laughs> Fair enough. But back to the interview, like, you know, I, I, I do appreciate you talking about like, you know, wanting to learn all these different styles, especially in order to get some like opportunities. And I know you've slowly been able to get opportunities, whether it's opportunities you've made for yourself with Sikkim Animation or the fact that you've recently joined on the team of, correct me if I'm wrong, the show is called Coffee. Yes, the show is called Coffee mm -hmm. um, at the Party's On. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, I, I have to know about this because I've only seen the, like, the little teaser or whatnot, but how would you describe the show Coffee and how did you get involved with that project in the first place? Um, how I got involved was um, I've always just been on the search for whenever 
indie companies were like, hey, we're looking for animators, you know, and I apply to as many as I can Mm because I'm like, you know, the worst that's going to happen is nothing. Yep. And I'm not going to get a job if I don't apply. So I'm like, all right, I'll just see, you know, who's hiring and whatnot. So that one came up on my feed using the keywords. Okay. And I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. And um, sent in my reel, you know, whatever. And they loved it. So they're like, hey, give us a test animation. And I was like, okay. And funny enough, I was like, I don't know what to do for test animation for this because they don't have a whole lot to go off of because they're they're currently – we're working on the pilot. So there's not a whole lot to – there wasn't a whole lot to go on without me also just being on the team. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to do something that will hopefully make my animation test stand out from the other people that they have applied. Mm Mm-hmm. So what I did was, um, and they posted it later once they brought me on, but um, I did a little camera boop with like the nose, like you know when characters come up to the screen and they look squished? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had always wanted to animate that particularly, so I was like, you know what, this is a great opportunity to do that. (laughs) And it stood out, and that's what I wanted. (laughs) Just just kind of like, yeah! Have them more or less come up to the camera like... You got games on your phone? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like I said, I've always wanted to animate that, so I was like, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, like, even then, like, seeing the little bits I have been able to see from Coffee, again, like, you know, what little bit is out there, I'm surprised not a whole lot more noise has been made about it. I mean, I know it's probably more or less because they're still trying to get stuff together and they're still rolling with their stuff. But, like, even, yeah. then, even then seeing, like, the, the, the little Coffee pinata character more than anything else, like, it has me curious on what they got brewing more than anything else. Oh, it'll be a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say much, obviously, but it'll be it'll be fun. Well, I mean, I know I'm certainly intrigued, and for the people that are behind coffee or whatnot, including yourself, like you gotta keep us in the loop because, like, even even just like the the the, the little test animations I've been seeing here and there, the little like meme animation that I think they posted at one point or whatnot, like I I am intrigued to say the very least. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been a blast. Good. So I'm excited to see it come to life. <laughs> I mean, I can only imagine, especially being a part of that animation team. And I can only imagine with some of the animations that you've been like working on for years or whatnot, or whether it be the manga that you're working on as well. But like, I can only imagine like getting opportunities like that to work on a show like that. Like that's gotta be like almost like a full circle moment more than anything else. Like for you, especially growing up, like loving that, the, the animation, the behind the scenes stuff. And now here you are, in indie animation, but like being the person that is providing the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it was so surreal when they finally officially brought me on. Mm-hmm. I was like over the moon for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I, at that point I had been actively trying to get an animation job, whether it was indie or not right. for a solid year. That was like for a solid year trying and looking every day for opportunities and then finally someone said yes and i was like yeah! <laughs> <laughs> just just freaking jumping up here she's like oh yeah baby that's what i'm talking about that's what we're waiting for yeah, pretty much. 
Uh, goodness, that's that's incredible to hear more than anything else. Like, you know, I know we've talked a lot when it comes to just the art you've been able to produce, whether for yourself, this manga, Fireheart, that you've been really itching towards, or like getting an opportunity to work in animation, like with coffee and stuff like that. Just thinking of your whole art journey as a whole so far, like, are you surprised or are you proud of how far you've been able to come along so far? Oh, I'm definitely immensely proud of how far I've been able to come. Small following or not, I'm doing art for the rest of my life. There you go. Like, it's it's such a huge part of my life, and I love it too much to leave it. There were a few times in my life where, due to life circumstances, I didn't draw for chunks of time. There was at one point I didn't really draw much for an entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I finally started drawing again, I refound myself. So I literally can't live without doing art. Granted, I do have a tendency to also burn out, as I'm sure you've heard the term. (laughs) Um, But I've gotten better recently about pacing myself, especially with doing the manga and actually having an actual time frame to go off of and actual reachable goals. So it's, it's been fine, and yeah, so I would definitely say I'm definitely proud of where I am, excited to go wherever I'll be going in the future with this career of mine and all that fun stuff. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, how about for this next question, if I may, let's see how far you can go if I give you more or less the dream scenario. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I come up to him like, look, Ash – we we've been we've been keeping an eye on you. We can tell you can do some incredible stuff. You just need you just need a platform. You need more of a little bit of a push to really get you to that point. <clears throat> we have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible, and more money than it should be possible. We could probably be making sure that like yeah, you know, we can provide more employees for some of the the anime productions out there to make sure that they're not overworking their employees. We'll focus on that in a second. Right now, we're focusing on <laughs> you and you alone. If given this opportunity, what would be the dream Stick'em animation project? Oh, goodness. <laughs> dream project for Stick'em animation. I I would probably say there would have to be two of them. Okay. One would definitely be to do everything I can for my manga make it a reality for a physical copy. Right. And then the next would be to bring to life one of the animation shows I would love to bring to life in the future. Ooh, okay. I do have a few up my sleeve, but there's one in particular that recently I've decided that if given the opportunity in the future, I would love to see it come to life. Okay. Um. And I have posted that idea. It's my most recent video on my YouTube channel, actually. Okay. Um, but basically, I've always been intrigued by the whole idea of when you dream, it's a whole other world mm-hmm. that actually exists. And like the whole concept of what happens in your dream that happens to you actually happens to act- like real you. Right. Um. And so I kind of took that idea and went with it. And basically the show would be about how my main characters need to defeat this nightmare because the character that's been nicknamed the Boogeyman Mm -hmm. has created a nightmare in the dream state. 
And if you're there, you're stuck there. You can't have your weird, trippy dreams. You can't have the super lighthearted dreams anymore. You're literally stuck in Nightmare City. Okay. Once you catch word of it, because your subconscious will put you in it. And so in the dream world, they try and basically destroy the city so that no one has to suffer a nightmare ever again. And so I, I play on that idea. Like if a character gets beat up in the dream world, then they wake up with those cuts and bruises okay, and stuff like that. Okay. So basically, so, so basically nightmare on Elm street, but if Freddie was the mayor of a city instead of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> like i was saying i i didn't mean that to poke holes in your concept i, I think it's no, still a cool concept no, 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 nevertheless no, no. it's just i the entire time you're talking about like especially when you said what happens in your dream happens to you in real life i the first thing that popped to my yeah. head is it, it's freddie like it's freddie <laughs> no fair enough you know, and funny enough, I never really thought about that because I actually have not seen those films. Ah, gotcha. I know of them, but I've actually, the only, like, horror genre film that I've actually seen through is actually It. Okay, you know what? I'm and sorry. the new one at that. I have not seen the old one. I'm a, I'm a baby when it comes to horror genre because it literally scares the daylights out of me. I will. So I, I, I will say. I will say. In, in defense of the original, like mini series, because it was actually like I think it was like a mini series. Then it was a movie. But in defense of I the, think so, yeah. But in defense of the original, it there were times where it was just more campy than it was scary, like more than anything else. Like I, but I get your point. Nevertheless, <laughs> I I understand completely. <laughs> yeah. So like that that kind of stuff. I I'm very very new to that realm. Fair enough. But I mean, never, but, never. Yeah, so that, that would probably be my dream project for Stickman Animation down the line is to create a platform where I can bring on artists and give them support and a job that would hopefully pay um, and stuff like that. But then for manga's sake, I would just love to like bring it to life, maybe even make another manga down the line and, you know, well, there you go. all that fun stuff. There you go. Let's let's just get Stickum Studios to be a thing more than anything else, and like produce all that stuff. Stickum Animation Studios. <laughs> well, you know it's funny when I first started my YouTube channel, that's exactly what it was called. Okay. Was Stickum Animation Studios, and then after about a year or so of having that name, I actually just dropped the studios part because I'm like, I'm a one man show that isn't always producing art right now, so. Later in life, if I want to add studios back onto the name, I will. But for now, it's just going to be Stickman Animation. But <laughs> I just now realized so. I had been saying the name of your thing wrong the entire time. I've been saying Stickman Animations, then Stickman Animations. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, funny little fun fact behind the name. The reason it's Stickman Animation is because when I first got started into wanting to create my own stories, I actually did Stickman comics. Okay. I did a bunch of them uh, when I was in middle school specifically before I was delving into the whole manga and anime style because at that point, when I tried, I was like, oh, that's so ugly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, a, I was a very, very beginner, so I was like, oh, I'll practice on my own time, but for now I'll focus on Stickman and... The stick man just kind of stuck with me 
it sparked my love for wanting to create stories and stuff. And then um, when I decided that I also wanted to go down the animation route, I was like, those words, thick man and animation, if I just smush them together just a little bit, <laughs> it creates a nice word, flows off the tongue. So then that just stuck forever. And then that in turn um, created my stick animation mascot character, which is named Sticks. There you go. And that's who you that's who you see everywhere. Um I love him. He's you know he's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, that that's a little history behind how why I decided on that name in particular. Yep. So fair enough. Fair enough. But sadly we gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality <laughs> and I'll ask the ever so generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself say five to ten years from now? Um, ooh, five to ten years from now, I would love if in about anywhere between five to ten years from now, I have all four books of Fireheart out mm-hmm. and ready for people to read. And I would love if the company I'm on with uh, coffee, I would hope that would have traction and be big enough so that later down the road we could be like producing a lot more right. um the crew is wonderful but i yeah so i would just i would love to be able to like in five to ten years from now be like i know i can support myself and my help support my small little family and be able to really see that i am a successful artist regardless of if it's through animation or manga. I would just love to, at some point, be like, truly call myself a professional artist and see where life will take me. Well, if I do say so myself, I think you're at least taking a step in the right direction more than anything else, and I sincerely hope... Thank you! you. (laughs) I sincerely hope you get the opportunity to be there at some point. Um... As we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask you, Ash. Obviously, you've been deeply entrenched in art and animation for as long as you can remember. Like, you know, we were talking about at the beginning, going to those behind the scenes of, like, the animated films and such. And being mm-hmm. really immersed in that history more than anything else. How yeah. important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? For the world of a whole? As a whole? Sorry. <laughs> of a whole. <laughs> I would say it's extremely important, if not the most important thing. And I know you probably hear this a lot from everyone you've had on, but it it truly is one of the most universal things that connects everyone to the world, whether you understand their language or not. Mm-hmm. Art is something everyone understands. Everyone can make art, look at art, be inspired by it. It doesn't matter. Um, like if your neighbor can't communicate to you because it's a different language, but they they can communicate with a piece of art. It's very universally a whole piece of medium that can bring folks together regardless of where they're from and who they are. Everyone needs it. You see it like, in grocery stores, those little signs for the fruit, that's art. 
uh, music, little children singing down the street. That's mm-hmm. art. Like, it is such a big part of everyone's lives, whether they do it for a passion themselves or see it on the daily. Like, it's definitely needed. And the the thing I love the most about art, I've mentioned, I just, the way it brings people together and can inspire and have that chain reaction to inspire someone to create something and then that something will inspire somebody else. Like, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> I could not agree more. I think that is wonderfully worded, if I do say so myself. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> Ash, that's all the questions I have for you. I've already showered you with a whole bunch of praise, but I want to show you a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do whatever I want. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, but Ash, like I said, ever since I've gotten the chance to really see your stuff, I want to say it was probably even earlier this year or late last year. Again, I wish I remember the exact moment that I remember seeing your art, but I remember whenever I did see it, I was instantly captivated. I truly loved and appreciated the art style that you're pushing out there and whatnot, and seeing how much you've been deeply entrenched with it and seeing the stuff that you're pushing out there and whatnot, like, it had me intrigued more and more and more. Getting the chance to sit down with you today, get to hear what you have planned and like how much this whole entire art thing really means to you. Like I truly do appreciate you putting yourself out there and really going forth to make this thing more or less a reality for you. I, I know it's, I know it is not easy to try to put yourself out there. I know it's not easy to try to have that creative outlet on there in full blast, but the fact that you're willing to do it because you know, it's what you have to do more than anything else. Like I cannot, show my support enough and i sincerely hope that whatever you were able to produce whether it be you know whether it be because people watch this episode today or whether it be because you know you produce something incredible and amazing as long as people at some point get to see what you're doing and you get the opportunity to showcase that you can do some incredible stuff i sincerely hope you get those opportunities and then some because i think you got some incredible stuff brewing and i sincerely am excited for whatever may happen next to you on this incredible art journey Long story short, uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you for what you do. Keep up the incredible work because I know you're gonna get there at some point. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I'm. It makes me happy to hear when people are like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I saw your art and I loved it." <laughs> you know, it's it's such a wonderful feeling to be like, "Oh wow!" Like people are actually enjoying what I'm putting out there just as much as I am. Right. You know. Right. So it's very exciting. I mean, you know. <laughs> like bringing it back to i'm sorry bring it back to me just for a second like trust me like even like <laughs> like even like hearing like yourself earlier today saying that you watched a couple episodes of the podcast or whatnot because like, you know i had x y and z on or whatnot like i i'm always amazed that people enjoy the conversations almost as much as i have having the conversations more than anything else so like i can get where you're coming from just kind of one of those like you put in a lot of time and effort producing something that you can genuinely put out there and enjoy and then having that response of people being like oh my god your art is incredible that has got to be one of the most satisfying things for you considering how long you've been on this art journey yeah i've come to learn too is like people can tell when you put your heart and soul into a project yes and they can tell when you don't and more often than not if it's got heart and soul behind it it's going to get more traction, whether it's an original piece or a fan piece or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you, if they can see the passion behind it, it's going to, 
ring a bell with someone. Someone's going to see it and be like, oh, my goodness, you know, so. <laughs> well, there you go. Now, if now if people today want to see that love and passion you have for your own art on there on full blast and truly connect with it like you've been able to see out there, go ahead and plug your stuff for the people at home. So, any platform, um, I'm under Stickmanimation. Uh, my YouTube, Tumblr, Instagram, those are all Stickmanimation, although I don't post on Instagram and Tumblr <laughs> very often, if at all, because uh, I tend to focus on one social at a time. Right. But then my Twitter is different because Stickmanimation is too long of a name. <laughs> so, on Twitter, I'm AshRL. Um, so, you can find me there. Um, but then, yeah, like I said, everywhere else I am, Stickmanimation. You can see my signature little character everywhere, including my Tumblr. So, or not Tumblr, Twitter. So even though it's Ash RL, it's going to be that stick figure. So, Well, there you go. There we go. And if you miss any links or anything like that, I'll be sure to have them in the description below. I got you covered. Um, do you have any final words before we sign off? Um, No. Besides, thank you so much for having me again. Like I said, I was surprised when I got a message from you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Someone <laughs> wants to talk to me. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, we've illustrated, yeah, so, I think we've illustrated with today's episode. I think it was a conversation worth having more than anything else. <laughs> and thank you so much for that opportunity. And thank you for anyone who watches. Please follow the Postmodern Art Podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I truly do have enjoyed it. I've been watching it for eight months or so now. Because oh, wow. I only, okay. funny enough, I've, I've, I'm a baby. I've only recently found your channel. And so <laughs> that's probably another reason why I was so shocked when you messaged me was because I had only just <laughs> recently started delving down into what you've been doing. So. I mean, to be fair, I still consider myself a baby too. I've only been doing this for like a little over two years now. All right. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not big or grandiose <laughs> just yet. I've had some incredible guests. Don't get me wrong. I've had some episodes that have done really well. Don't get me wrong, but I still consider myself a baby in the grand scheme of things. Okay. <laughs> well, fair enough. I mean, two years is two years, you know, that and is then true. I've only, you know, and I, like I said, I've only been on Twitter for maybe just over a year. So <laughs> and, and here we are now. Who would have thought? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's fun. Absolutely. And also, thank you for the plugs. But I got myself covered. I take care of that in the intro. Why not? So you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, it's great. I I appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having a wonderful conversation today. And with that, all I've left to say is for the people at home, hasta luego, amigos. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, I greatly do appreciate it. Uh, like I said in the intro, uh, Ash is someone that I kind of more or less like stumbled upon. Uh, I want to say it was during like one of the portfolio days that I found her and her art. 
which, you know, I mean, it's an incredible resource. If, if you ever are looking for artists or whatnot, wait until you see a portfolio day and just look at that hashtag. There are so many incredible people to find through there. But, yeah, no, I stumbled upon it, and I just couldn't help but enjoy it. And that's why I sincerely hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode and enjoyed the art that you saw if you watched the video version of the podcast. Um, considering the ambition that I can more or less tell from Ash... I feel like she more than deserves an opportunity for people to, to see that and recognize it. Um, Ash, if you made it up to this point, uh, thank you once again sincerely for your time and for the thumbnail. Uh, I I cannot thank you enough. This this is a wonderful conversation, uh, sincerely. Uh, you know, I kind of want to harp on that you know little portfolio day thing a little bit. Just just mainly social media in general. You know, I I think we all are kind of panicking when it comes to you know what's going on with twitter and you know all sorts of different social media websites causes a lot of stress causes a lot of headache oh my god i i cannot even begin to 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 start with that but what we need to be sure of more than anything else is that all this stuff with social media is not what needs to dictate us as artists I know, for some of us, that's how we're able to, to you know, as a as careers, that's the thing kinda, that can kind of fuck us, but as artists, we should not let social media dictate us. We should not let social media be the reason that we make what we make, you know. People, especially on that corporate level, they're gonna pull this bullshit one way or another, whether we like it or not. We, we can bitch and moan 20 different ways but they're gonna find some way to 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 do what they can so they can get their profits up and they can make that extra x billion dollar bonus and bullshit but as artists we cannot let that dictate us as artists we need to remember that social media is not what tells us whether our art is good or not Social media is nothing more than the transportation method. Art should truly come from your personal self, from your soul. It should be a reflection of you, not what other people want at the end of that day. So yeah, Twitter might go down in a burning pile at any moment. It could break 20 different ways or whatnot. Freaking DeviantArt doesn't care about you. Uh... Instagram is filled with bots. Facebook is Facebook. That shouldn't dictate how you move forward with stuff. And if nothing else, like, okay, the big ones are kind of screwed. There's there's several other social media platforms if you look hard enough. Uh, I'll tell you what. Hey, remember Inkplot? I brought them on the podcast, episode 106, the creator or whatnot. They're doing a membership drive right now that you guys should definitely be a part of. For as little as five bucks a month, you can, you know, help the people that are trying to run that site, you know, pay for their salaries and stuff. And in return, especially this month, you get um, an artist will make a sketch of whatever you want. I got it. I got mine. That was last week's uh, fan art if you were watching the video version. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I mean, I said this in the intro and whatnot, but this Saturday, I should be doing a Twitch live stream. To where we're going to be talking about stuff with the creator 
on the Inkblot Twitch, if I remember correctly. We're going to be talking about uh, AI and NFTs and all that bullshit and how that's not really good for the art community. Um, it's a conversation I sincerely hope you get to come out to. And around that, if you're watching this, the day that comes out, 420, blaze it. Um, this Saturday as well, 422, our good friend Too Much Sasha, uh, the one that helped me out a couple weeks back with the skull hair video. Uh, she's doing her live 2D re-debut this Saturday, the, the 22nd, April 22nd. And I better see you guys out there showing love and support. Because Sasha's a really good friend of the podcast. And I want people to come out, show that love and support. I, I sincerely hope you guys do show her that love and support. Because she more than deserves it. She's been putting in the, the work to get this re-debut going. Uh, she, she's consistently doing incredible stuff. And I sincerely hope you guys show her that love and support. Sincerely. Uh, if nothing else, I'll be there. So there's something for you guys to look forward to, if not for her. I'm joking. You, you need to be there for her. Yeah. But, I mean, with that, I think I kind of harped on my little point earlier. Uh, come out to those events online. I'll put links in the description below. Uh, aside from that, you guys have a good day. <laughs>